0: Do you ever feel the need for speed? Well, experience the thrill of indoor karting at Tampa Bay Grand Prix, located at 12350 Automobile Boulevard in Clearwater. Call 727-527-8464. They have state-of-the-art electric carts racing around a quarter-mile road circuit. Bring your family, friends, and teammates for some speed, fun, and competition at Tampa Bay Grand Prix Indoor Karting Facility. Call 727-527-8464. Visit their website at tampabaygp.com.
1: So we're giving away some gasoline because, you know, it costs money to cruise, right? Shell says to me, we got to help these guys cruise. It's only right. It's Reno. It's hot August nights. Look at the cars going by. So you know, it costs a lot of money to cruise. Gasoline is not cheap these days. And you know, if you put good gasoline in your car, it does make it run better. What I need your guys' help with is I've got gasoline right here. They FedExed it to me. And I got to pick some cars out, but I want your help. So I need you guys to clap. So stay right there. Give me a clap on this one. Does this deserve gas? Come on. All right, hold still. Hold on. Huh? Oh. Oh. All right, my friend. You just got $25 for the gasoline from Shell. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Hot August Nights is probably the biggest car show on the West Coast. And the director of Hot August Nights, Tony Marini, came to me and he said, Alan, we want you to give away a Grand Marshal's Award. But it wasn't an easy job to pick these cars. I only have three trophies to give away, but I want to give away $50 worth of gas. So you're already a runner-up just being in here. These cars are special. But Calvin Fisk, come up here. That 53 Ford pickup, that to me is just one bitchin' car. Thank you very much. I need your help, audience. This little car here. one, let's see it. Or or this one over here. Whoa! And this was one of my picks, by the way. Thank you very much. Runner-up for the Grand Marshal's Award right here. Look at that beautiful machine. Well, thank you very much to our friends at Shell because they FedExed gas cards. They said, you know what, we want to help pay for the cruise. So thanks to Shell. Hey, how about you guys give it up for Shell? They just gave away a couple hundred bucks worth of gas, huh? Hey, this is Alan Taylor from The Drive, nationally syndicated radio talk show, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars.
0: Listeners, welcome. You're tuned into to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers and Google, Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studio. And hey, be sure and check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com, and don't forget to like us. On Facebook, and if you've missed any of our past shows, any of them at all, just be sure and check out our website and go to Nostalgic video in Cars, and you can check out our podcast and you can see all the shows we've done over the last three years. It's amazing. You know, when I look back, I think of uh, some of these shows and I go, "Holy moly!" When I started out, uh, it's evolved. Let's just say that it's evolved. Boy, hey, do we have a great show for you tonight. we got another well-known, well-established, cool guy from California that is not only on TV, he's also on radio. And he builds some really cool custom cars. Got some great connections with some great people in the California area. So uh, we're looking forward to that. Got a couple good songs for you. But let me give you a rundown of some of the stuff that's going on. Not a lot in the way of car stuff going on, other than some big events coming up. Of course, the big one, and I'd love to go to it, but I'm not sure if I can fit it in my schedule. And that is Hot August Nights. As a matter of fact, we just played a little clip from uh, Hot August Nights in Reno here with uh, Alan Taylor, who, by the way, was on our show a couple weeks ago, and is also the host of Drive with Alan Taylor on the Entertainment Radio Network. Cool dude. Really into cars. Real car guy. But anyway, Hot August Nights in Reno is August 6th through the 11th, okay? So that is really, really cool. It takes place in South Tahoe. There's North Tahoe, South Tahoe. Uh, The southern part of Tahoe is kind of like fringes on California, Nevada. Northern Tahoe is... Well, pretty much uh, it split, too, really. I think the lake split like in half. I used to go there when I was a kid because I'm from northern California anyway, from the Marin County area, so it was about two hours from my house, and we'd go up there and we'd go skiing. So we'd go to Lake Tahoe, which would be um, the north end, north shore is what we call it, and it would be over at Incline Village, which is the Nevada side, which has some pretty cool slopes, and you just go up to uh, Incline Village or Mount Rose, which is about nearly 11,000 feet. That's uh, pretty high. And then uh, Squaw Valley, which is on the California side. And then there's a little town called Truckee. And they've got a couple, uh, just dozens of little ski resorts right in the area. So if you ever get a chance, you get out west, you get to California, definitely want to check it out. Summertime, wintertime, it's it's just a cool place to go. But anyway, so Hot August Nights is has been going on for a number of years. I'm not exactly sure how many, but I would say 20-some odd years. And it's probably one of the largest car shows going on. Now, I know there's one that goes on in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I don't know much about that one, but that one's huge, too. But I know that uh, Hot August Nights, there's somewhere around four or 5,000 cars that show up. And if you ever watch uh, the TV show Car Crazy or uh, My Classic Car with uh, both guests who have been on our show, uh, Dennis Gage from My Classic Car and uh, Bear McGuire from Car Crazy, uh, they're out there all the time. So it's a cool event. And then this year is the first year that Barrett Jackson will be hosting an auction there so uh that ought to be pretty interesting too so there's a lot of exciting things going on in reno so looking forward to that at any rate of course it will be filmed now let me tell you about a couple upcoming events from our friends over at ruth eckert hall here this weekend is the happy to get it tour that's Friday, June 14th. I'm not sure if you can still get tickets for that or not, but that should be pretty cool. I think uh, Gary Puckett's going to be there. Uh, Flo and Eddie from the Turtles. Chuck Negron from uh, Three Dog Nights going to be there. Gary Lewis and the Playboys. I think Paul Revere and the Raiders will be there. So it should be an exciting, nostalgic evening. And then in the week of uh, June 21st through 23rd, if you guys are into musicals, they're going to have uh, West Side Story. That's kind of cool. That was a big movie back in the 50s anyway. And uh, had, uh, I think, most notable actress that was in that movie, I think, was Natalie Wood. And uh, also in there was, um, I believe, Rita Moreno. And the guys I don't remember. And then at the end of the month, we've got Blast Friday. And that's put on also by the Ruth Eckerd Bunch, our good friend over there, Mr. Bobby Rossi. Okay, and they're going to have the Rob Zander Band. And if any of you guys remember who Rob Zander is, he used to be, I think, lead singer for Cheap Brick. As a matter of fact, I think he lives in the Tampa Bay area. I'm not 100% sure. And then, of course, on Sunday, July 28th, we got the Monkees. And the tickets that I'm really trying to get, so I hopefully I might have some giveaways, is Tim Allen. Ah, ah, ah. He is gonna be at I don't think so, Robert. You don't think so? I didn't do it right? Okay. Ah, 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 ah. (laughs) Home improvement. Remember that TV show that was good. But Tim Allen's a big car guy, but he's also a real good friend of a friend of a friend of a friend of mine, and I've been really trying real hard to get him on the radio show. But anyway, he'll be at Ruth Eckert on july twenty fifth. So that should be pretty cool. Hey, we got something queued up there on We do we do okay how are we doing time-wise yeah we'll be all right we'll be all right okay so let's go ahead and spin the record we got a cool song because this upcoming song is by van halen and it's called take your whiskey home and the reason we're playing the song is because our guest later this afternoon happens to be business partners with michael anthony of van halen's so, you know maybe someday we'll get lucky and we'll get michael anthony on because he's another huge car guy so that'd be cool Yeah. So the goal and objective of this radio show, for all you listeners out there, for all you new listeners as well, is that we have somehow wandered off in the direction of getting well-known celebrity, legendary people in the motorsports world, car guys extraordinaire, to just come on the show. And uh, for the most part, we're having some pretty good success. So keep tuning in to Nostalgic and Cars. Tell your friends about it. Like us on Facebook. Check out our website. Also be sure and check out our schedule, because we'll always let you guys know in advance who our guests are. Although sometimes it's short notice it could be like hours beforehand but we will generally try to post it before the show so you can check it out and then of course we always have our podcast and uh you can check the podcast out so it's informative with pictures and text and the audio of the show so
1: we'll be right back well my baby she don't
2: want me around she said she's tired of watching me fall down Like you love the best But I like that bottle better than the best And she said I think that you had a whole lot of trouble When well, I think that you had a whole lot of trouble When I think that you're headed for In the nighttime, these strange memories Seems a lifetime since yesterday Come the daybreak, hey, come room. That woman's waited up all night for me again Oh, she said, I think that you're in my a whole lot of trouble, yeah I think that you're in for whole lot of trouble, oh, yeah It's all right Everybody takes me At least halfway to the label Before I can even make it through the night Well, I think that you're in For a whole lot of trouble Yeah, yeah, I think that you're
3: in For a whole lot of trouble brush and you're listening to nostalgic radio and cars
0: takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. If you like golf, enjoy affordable golf at Magnolia Valley Golf Club located on Massachusetts Avenue in Newport Ritchie. Play for as little as $15 after two the club has two beautiful courses to choose from, an 18-hole championship par 72 plus another 9-hole executive par 33. Join their open leagues on Wednesday afternoons at 4 and Sunday mornings at 8. Call 727-847-2342 for tee times or visit their website, MagnoliaValleyGolfClub.com. Club.com.
3: Power and speed. Competitive, intense, and tough. That's exactly how I describe season two Car Warriors.
0: Action packed intensity. That's how I describe the new season of Car Warriors.
3: This is Jimmy Shine from SoCal Speed Shop and the host of Car Warriors. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars.
0: Okay, we're back and it's time to introduce our special guest for the afternoon. This gentleman is legendary in the automotive world in California. He's an automotive fabricator, an industrial designer, an entrepreneur, a radio host, a TV personality, and the president of Bonneville Worldwide Inc. It gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show this afternoon Brad Fanshaw. Brad, are you there?
3: Woo, man, you uh, wore me out with that big introduction. You made me sound like I'm really special, but thank you very much. Yes, I am.
0: You are special. In fact, when I look at the list of credentials here, I mean, you are absolutely an amazing personality. I mean, I'm looking at this uh, your bio here, you know, Bond Speed Wheels, Bond Speed Apparel, Bond Speed Watches, Bonneville Swiss Watches, Bond Speed Media. Tell us all about that. This is interesting and fascinating stuff, and I'm sure my listeners want to find out about it.
3: Yeah, well, you know, the, the thing is is that um, it sounds like it's just this really wild, varied company, but every thing about our company really goes right back to automotive because people ask me all the time, they go, watches, wheels, apparel. I go, yeah. Think about it. Every time that uh, you watch racing on TV, who are the sponsors? They're watch companies. And it's because timed events, timing and uh, timed events and things that are mechanical and things that are machined, Watches, wheels, and automotive, they all kind of come together. And, uh, in fact, what a lot of people don't realize is that the same exact machinery that I use to build my forged billet aluminum wheels, those are about the size of maybe a a Volkswagen. But uh, my watches that we make in Switzerland are also CNC machines, and we use the exact same machines. They're just a little bit smaller version, so there's really not that big a difference between the worlds. How did you get to
0: get into all this stuff? I mean, you know, that, that's pretty diverse. I mean, you're talking wheels, and then suddenly, you know, you're in a Swiss watches, and of course, apparel, which is clothing. So you do a little of everything. I mean, it's it's pretty uh, kind of eclectic, but yet it's uh, it, it all ties in.
3: Well, you know, it it is a very you know, there's a lot of different things, and I've been very fortunate. I started out my career as a professional BMX racer racing bicycle motocross and what's funny is that the more people that i've known over the years in uh the automotive industry and especially like the hot rod and custom car industry they were bmxers it seems like or they had a dad that raced or something and uh, I think it's because we all wanted that first taste of going fast, and we didn't have a driver's license yet. uh, But uh, I took that and uh, parlayed it into a a career where I thought I was going to be a magazine editor. So in college, I studied uh, photojournalism and like that, and uh, went on to uh, edit one of the largest uh, BMX magazines. And I was a photographer and a writer but I found out that I really enjoyed the business side. And so after uh, being the vice president of the American Bicycle Association for a few years, uh, a buddy of mine had started a uh, skateboard and snowboard company in California called Vision Streetwear. And uh, Vision was uh, a small company, but it was growing like a weed. And he called me one day and said, "How would you like to move to California. And I said, I've always looked for an excuse. Let's do it. And uh, about uh, five and a half years later, we were a uh, $120 million a year company and uh, had gone through this tremendous growth, being one of the leaders in skateboards, snowboards, and we developed an entire apparel and shoe company. And so, you know, you start as you go through your career. You start learning new things, and uh, the apparel really appealed to me. And uh, when uh, we sold off that company, that was when I got back into the automotive world. I took some of my, uh, my earnings there, let's say, and teamed up with uh, Boyd Coddington, uh, bought into his company, and at that time, it was just a small half-million-dollar-a-year hot rod shop. That's kind of how I got back into the automotive world, and then from there... It was just uh, moving, but, uh, you know, Boyd's shop was pretty interesting back then because he had just completed Tadzilla and he was just making his mark.
0: Now, cadzilla that's the one that was built for Billy Gibbons, right?
3: Yeah, for Billy Gibbons and ZZ Top, and, um, you know, it was such a a milestone. I mean, that car was just, it set so many trends and and really pushed the envelope, and when I saw what he was doing there and what he was doing with his wheels, I knew that uh, this company had to go farther than just being another little hot rod shop, and uh, Boyd and I teamed up, and as I said, I bought into the company. We Put a growth plan together, and uh, about five years later, we had Jesse James and Chip Foose working for us, among, you know, many others, and I always tell people, I say, we had so many talented guys there, and those just happened to be the two that got on TV, because the talent pool there was tremendous, and... uh the cars that we put out were, you know, just so over the top, and it was so much fun because Boyd and I had the ability to, you know, conjure up these cars, come up with names, come up with ideas, um, and then we had the team of guys. Like, uh, you know, I could walk into Foose's office and say, "Hey, I had this idea." Um, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you a story that's really interesting. Um, I was on a fishing trip with my friend and now business partner Michael Anthony from. Um, Van Halen and uh, Chicken Foot and uh, we were down in Cabo with him and Sammy and uh, we were on a boat and we were just you know messing around and somebody I don't even remember who it was at this point said you know man it would be really cool if you could machine a a base out of uh, billet aluminum and so he goes yeah why don't you do that and I said God wouldn't that be great we could do and I started throwing out ideas of what we could do and um, but then I put the caveat on it I said you know, we could do that, but, you know, it just wouldn't have the the sound because you get all your sound from the resonation of the wood, and aluminum wouldn't do that. Well, his guitar tech was with us, and he stood up and he goes, oh, I know how we could do it. And so we put our heads together, came back, and uh, when I say our team, I was able to gather all the guys up, tell Fruce all my ideas, he penned it, because I can't even draw stick people, and... Um, and the next thing we had we had this bass going together and uh it was uh a huge, huge success. I mean it was uh, talked about on Jay Leno and Tim Allen, uh who had his show back then. It got him to reach out to us and have us bring the guitar and a and a hot rod onto his show so you know things when you're with a creative group and have the abilities things can really happen and it opens up a lot of doors you know robert
0: wow that i mean that is really fascinating you know and it, and like you said it all starts from a little idea and a couple guys getting together brainstorming exactly you had uh you, you've you're what state are you from originally
3: well, I call Nebraska home. I, my dad was uh, with a, a big company that, um, you know, moved us around a lot. But uh, I, I kind of say I have two homes, Nebraska and Scottsdale, because uh, Scottsdale's where we always moved back to when I was a kid. And uh, Nebraska is where I went to high school and part of college. So I've got so many great friends there, I call that home as well.
0: Now you have, somewhere I was reading, you still have one or two of the cars you had when you were in high school?
3: Yeah, I'm a pack rat. No, that's a a good thing. That's a good thing. I
0: can relate to that.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, my very first car I ever had was uh, a 67 Chevelle SS 396. And uh, my dad came home one day and he said, hey, uh," you know, I was like, getting close to getting the license and he goes hey you a buddy of mine's got a car for sale and I don't know if you'd be interested in it or not and, and uh, you know when you're that age any car is like you know interesting but when he said SS I was like seriously we went over to this guy's house he was the original owner and uh, it was an SS 396 car and of course I wanted it so we snatched that up and And I still have that car to this day, and I think the reason that I have it is because um, I started doing a frame off restoration when I moved to California, and uh, so it was in buckets and parts and on a you know uh, rotisserie and everything, so it got left in Arizona, and uh, you know I I just never got rid of it, and um, and it's uh, now going under a uh, transformation into a uh, a really cool car right now. I'm finally back on it.
0: Are you going to keep the car somewhat original? Are you gonna rest restomod it? Are you gonna do the Brad Fanshawe theme to it, or what are you gonna do with the what are you gonna do with the car?
3: Well, you know what, I, I've got an idea of taking this car and I'm gonna make it look era, you know, more like uh, how it did back in the day, but. Underneath, I'm going to use like Hotchkiss suspension components and a Curry rear end, all the trick stuff. But I'm going to try and hide it a little bit and make it look more like an era muscle car, but make it handle and perform, you know, like a fuel-injected big block and things like that. But really, to the average eye, I want it to look like it's... uh, you know, more of a uh, street machine, but make it just super handling and like hide the air conditioner vents and things like that. Because I think it would be, uh, for me personally, it'd be great to have a car that looked like it did back in high school.
0: Okay. Was the car originally a four-speed car or automatic?
3: No, it was It was actually a very unusual car because it was ordered as a big block, but with a power glide. Really? So, uh Yeah, and it was a monster. It was, uh, because with that two-speed power glide, that thing had come out of the hole and, uh, it was a it was a great little car. I did a little bit of uh, street racing back in the day, you know. I
0: can relate. Yeah, I'm a street racer. I got, I got some stories. Sometime we'll we'll sit and talk about it. But that's cool. Exactly. Well, now what about the El Camino? Because I saw somewhere you have an El Camino too.
3: Yeah, like a lot of guys. Um, the uh, you know you buy something to haul parts around while I was restoring the Chevelle. Yeah. And um, you know you're driving it, and then one day you go, yeah, I should put some wheels on this, and then now oh, I should do this. Well, before I knew it, that car was done, and the other one was still in parts. And uh, it's been done many, many times, but the latest uh, rendition is um, it's a full pro-touring car. Um, we did a uh, full suspension under it back at Hot Rods by Boyd with coil-overs, and, uh, and now with the uh, new tubular A-arms and like that, I've got that under it. Six-piston uh, bare brakes all the way around. It's got a big block in it, and uh, the car just... Handles phenomenal. I mean, you'd never know it's an old muscle car the way they have all these great tuning parts now. And uh, put the vintage air in it, and it just, it's just. It's a pleasure to drive. I mean, I can jump in that thing and go anywhere and enjoy it with the stereo on and the air going, or I can put the foot down and let that big block breathe and take it through the cones if I wanted to, which I have at some of the good guys' events. And uh, the cars just handle so fantastic with the new suspension components that you can get these days.
0: Do you typically drive a uh, vintage car to set up like that every day, or do you drive something late model or a truck or whatever?
3: You know, I I would love to say that I drive one of my hot rods you know every day but with having to traverse back and forth on the freeway to my factory where my wheels are made to my marketing office you know i it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense but uh what i do drive is a uh, uh 2008 gmc Sierra that um i built for uh general motors and it actually won the uh general motors uh design award at sema and um that truck is—it's uh, lowered. It's got 22-inch wheels on it. We did a custom interior, custom paint, custom grill, and it's—it's uh, a, it's a great truck. And uh, what's nice is that we built it for General Motors and uh, it went out on tour for two years, and I just got it back. So even though it's a 2008, it came back with only 600 miles on it because it had been at all the auto shows, and uh, it's like a brand-new truck, and, uh, and it's, you know, it's got its hot rod roots with its custom paint, suspension, tires, you know, uh, Bond Speed wheels, and uh, so that's my little hot rod that I drive around in most of the time.
0: Well, that's cool. Now, uh, somewhere else I was reading that you won the uh, Ford Design Award. Uh, what kind of vehicle did you present there?
3: Well, um, when the new Thunderbird came out back in uh, 2000, uh, let's see, that would have been 2003, I believe. Right. um, Ford asked Bobby Alloway, Chip Booth, and myself to each uh, take one and, uh, and and just go for it. Do what we thought should be done to the car. And uh, so we uh, we did that. And what I did was I made mine into a, uh, a speedster with dual-loop roll bars. But we redid the entire front end out of clay, pulled a one-off mold, redid the back end, put a full diffuser panel and belly pan under it. And, um, I mean, we did so much work to this car. It was really a fantastic looking car. And when the guys at Ford saw it, they just flipped their lids. They said, this is what we should have built. And, uh... So, um, it won the overall Ford Design Award that year, and uh it was on display at their booth and it went around uh, with the Ford display for a year and uh It was so well received that Steve celine, who um I was working with on his uh s seven supercar project, where we actually designed all the gauges for that s seven supercar and I was working with him on that, and he came into my studio and he saw the car there in clay. And uh, he goes, hey, what do you got going on here? And I explained it to him. And then when he saw it done at Ford, he approached me, and uh, we did a deal to make the Bond Speed Celine Thunderbird. And uh, that car would have been really cool, and it would have been available in Ford dealerships. But uh, shortly after we got the prototype done with a four-speed and with a supercharged motor in it, uh, Ford uh, decided to just do away with the Thunderbird. So the Celine Bond Speed Thunderbird, there was only one prototype ever made and it was sold at Barrett-Jackson about uh, seven years ago.
0: Wow. Now, the designing the gauges for the, uh, the Selene S7, which was you know Steve Selene's supercar, um, did you guys win an industrial award design for that, too?
3: No, we didn't win an award for that. Um, the way that came about was, uh, you know, I've known Steve for a number of years, and he knew about my watch company. And he came to me and he said, you know, I want the S7 to have gauges that look very much like a high-end, mechanical chronograph watch. And he goes, uh, goes, I thought, why not have Brad do him because, you know, he makes watches and and, uh, we've received, you know, design awards for my watches. And so uh, that's basically what the S7 has in it is a uh, a gauge package that really is styled after a uh, you know a Swiss chronograph watch and uh, it was it was a fun project it was uh, you know very interesting trying to integrate into their design and make it work with their design but it came out really well and it was uh, it was kind of cool to be able to say we had a hand in the S7.
0: That's neat. I, I, I'm actually got your website up. I'm actually looking at a picture of the silver uh, thunder roadster speedster that you did and the s7 the gauge pack gauge cluster it looks cool
3: yeah uh, and it's uh, y- you know we've done a lot of cars over the years and uh, you know uh, one of them that that i built for ford was when they brought up a new f-150 body style. Uh, they uh, sent one out to me before they were available and uh, if you're looking at the website you probably see it on there it's a eggplant purple but uh, we had a really great opportunity with that truck because we were trying to decide what to do with it. Of course, we restyled the front end, and but uh, they called me and they said, hey, we happen to have a uh, Ford GT drivetrain. Would you be interested in doing something with that? And I'm like going, are we talking out of a Mustang GT or a Ford GT? And they go, oh, a Ford GT, one of our supercars. So they sent me a Roush prepared supercharged Ford GT motor to put in that truck, and a little bit of engineering because those trucks only come with an automatic, and we put a Tremec behind it. So we set it all up to accept a clutch, and then we talked them into uh, sending us a uh, independent rear end out of an uh, out of an Explorer, and we uh, back half the chassis. So pretty much that truck was built in forty five days, and uh, the only thing we literally didn't touch on the car was the doors and the roof of the truck every other panel was modified reshaped restyled and the entire frame and suspension was redone and uh, that that debuted at the SEMA uh, show on the turntable in ford's booth and that truck screamed!
0: Wow, wow! That just—I'm just the thought of that car. You know, a Ford truck with a Ford <laughs> GT motor in it. You're talking 550 plus horsepower, plus the Tremec. Are they, no, would you put? Would you did you put a Tremec behind? Is that a what you Tremec said? A Tremec six speed. A six speed. Yes. Yeah. Holy moly! What a street killer!
3: And it was four wheel independent, and uh, we put ground effects on it, uh, and it—you uh, know—it just—it had a full belly pan. It was just a tremendous, tremendous truck. It was—it was a blast.
0: And then you got it done in 45 days.
3: Yeah, that uh, it, what, I cringe even thinking about it because what, it was just a killer.
0: What kind of team did you have to assemble to do that?
3: Uh, what's amazing is that uh, you know I don't have you know unlike when Boyd and I were partners, I, we you know we had a full time crew and a full time shop. Um, the Bond Speed Design Studio doesn't do cars on a regular basis for people. We don't have a customer list. We do one or two cars a year, and uh, um, you know I I do a lot of the work hands on, and uh, then I've got three. Or Four guys that work with me, and uh, believe it or not, uh, two of them are uh, uh, basically uh, rocket engineers. They work uh, at like JPL, uh, Jet Propulsion Laboratories. <laughs> but they're uh, racing enthusiasts, and uh, one of them used to work in the ALMS you know, race cars, and uh, another one worked for uh, Jaguar uh, over in England, and and so uh, we do it just because we really love doing it and love kind of pushing the envelope. Now, of course, I wouldn't say after that 45 days they were really loving me a whole bunch but, uh, <laughs> but they were happy once it was all done
0: yeah but that's some pretty amazing talent right there you know I mean you talk about diverse guy you talk about rocket scientists or rocket guys you talk about the guys that were with AMS which is you know American road racing and then you talk about the guy that worked with jaguar so you know they had some pretty uh, serious knowledge behind them
3: yeah and, and it's a real diverse group and that's that's what I like because they all bring new ideas you know it's not the same thing day in day out and so we we throw new new things against the wall
0: that's cool that is really really cool now you, I, you're also been a co-host of a number of TV shows now when 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 Boyd Coddington was on the air what um, was it was called American high rod right yeah were yeah. you in, were you on on, uh, on on TV there a number of times because I, I honestly no, don't uh, remember it's been a number of years
3: I actually sold my interest in uh, in Boyd's companies in 1996 oh okay and uh, so that was a new shop and a, and kind of a new life for Boyd when he had that show okay um, I at that time I was um you know just getting my watch company going and and really you know kind of focused on that whole world where my TV came in was about 2 years ago I was asked to uh, co-star with Jimmy Shine on uh, uh Car Warriors on Speed and uh, it was uh, one of those where you walk in and the producers tell you about this great show they're doing and, and they say, we'd like you to be a co-host. And I'm like, great, man, that sounds great. You know, what will I do? And it's, well, you know, you walk around and, you know, the camera will follow you and they'll kind of ask you, so what's this team doing? How could they improve? Where could it be better? And you go, wow, ah, that sounds like an easy gig, okay. And uh, the first day when I get there, there was Jimmy, myself, and a guy named Ray. And uh, Ray was my My counterpart in that he was supposed to be with one team and I was supposed to be with the other. And as I said, just kind of telling where they should be going, what they should be doing, explaining, oh, right now they're installing a set of bare brakes and this will do this. Well, the first day we got there, they said, pull this aside and they said, hey, guys, kind of change things around a little bit. And um, we're going to kind of team you up with each of these teams. And basically, you're going to be their coach and make sure they get it done. And and in other words, what they were telling us is that this was truly 48 hours to build a custom car, every single aspect. And then at the end of the 48 hours, it got taken out to the track, got put through a road race, taken through the drag strip, and then judged on its uh, fit and finish. And uh, we basically got roped into building these cars with the teams in 48 hours. So every week, um, it was 48 hours of hell when we worked with a new team that we had no idea who they were, what their personalities were, or their capability. And uh, it was uh, was brutal. It was... uh, It it was so tiring, but uh, it was really a lot of fun because we got to build 12 different cars in 12 different weeks, and uh, I just had a blast with the guys. Well,
0: you know, I actually watched the show once in a while. In fact, Jimmy Shine was on our show here uh, about two, three months ago, Uh and uh, he went on and on and on about it. And what people don't really realize is the fact that it's 48 hours, nonstop, day and night, and it's a collective effort. And uh, my hat's off to you guys because you guys did a pretty good job there, all of you guys, everybody involved, because it's a Good
3: you know, show. It, it was so tough, but it was so great. And we used to laugh because, uh, you know, Jimmy and Ray and I would laugh because we would uh, – the teams would come in, and they'd go, okay, so it's 48 hours. How many days do we have? And we'd look at them we'd go, what are you talking about? And they go, well, how many days is that broken up into? And they go, no, the clock starts and the clock ends. And then it was actually even worse because you uh, had to – you know, you saw all those dramatic entries where the teams were being introduced. Well, they did all that for like five hours before the clock even stopped. <laughs> you know, so – um, it was uh, probably about fifty-two or fifty-three hours the guys were actually up, and uh, it was—you uh, really got to see who really could uh, make it happen and who couldn't. You know, there were guys that were ready to give up. So, Car uh, Warriors was a uh, a really fun show. I wish it would have got another season.
0: It's uh, survival of the fittest, isn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, and it's also being creative, knowing when. Um, a lot of it was strategy in knowing what to focus on and what to uh, drop. And that was part of what we were there for, was to kind of coach them through that. And some of the guys would listen, some of them wouldn't. You know, I literally had a guy come in and tell me, okay, so here's our plan, Brad. We're going to chop the top. We're going to section the body. and we're, It's 48 hours. This car's got to be painted, an interior has, been, and it has to run. And I said, they don't have time to even chop the top. And then I said, who's going to cut the glass? Where are you going to get the glass? Oh, you mean they won't get that for us? They, you know, they just didn't have a clue. You know, it was... Uh, and that was part of the fun about it, too. The looks on their face when they, about, you know, 20 hours in when they realized that they weren't even close, they'd come to you and go, what do we do? How are we going to get it done. <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> was that the episode with the Firebird where you cut the roof off? Was that your deal?
3: Um, it, no, that that was a different one where they actually did cut the roof off. But we had one with Thunderbird where the guys, they wanted to do all kinds of crazy stuff to it. And we had to back them off the cliff, you know?
0: <laughs> now, here I see also that uh, you were involved with uh, car chasers now, uh Jeff Allen's been on my show too. He was on a couple of months ago as well.
3: Oh, cool. Yeah, Jeff's a great guy and a friend of mine. And uh, yeah, um, I was a consulting producer on Car Chasers. Uh, the producers came to me and asked me if uh, I would lend my automotive expertise. And uh, I said, of course, you know, because uh, being part of a car show is fun. And, you know, Jeff and Perry are guys that I've known. And uh, so uh, that was really fun. It was interesting being on the uh, more on the back side of the camera, let's say. And, uh, you know, with Hot Rod TV and Car Warriors and all. Those you know you're just out there and um, you know you're just kind of a talking head. But over there you got to think and help them figure stuff out and answer questions about you know uh, what really is uh, you know a cool car or what's going to appeal to people. And and really it's about educating the guys in editing and the producers that aren't car guys. Because if you've ever seen a show where they don't go to the extent of hiring somebody like myself, um, it might come off goofy to the authentic car guy because the guy. Doing it, although they mean well, they just aren't tuned in. They're not. They don't live
0: the life, you know? Mm-hmm. There's no question about that. In fact, uh, you know, it's, there's a number of shows that we've commented on. In fact, uh, you're probably familiar with Chasing Classic Cars with Wayne Carini. Yes. And uh, now Wayne's been on my show before, too. And his show, um, because I'm really into the vintage, collectible, you know, uh, uh, European stuff. I follow those cars pretty well. His car is fairly realistic. Your, you know, Car Warriors, you know, once you watch the show, it's fairly realistic. Jeff's show, you know, Chasing uh, our Car Chasers, that's a realistic show. So those of us that know the business from you know from various aspects, whether I'm a buyer, seller, wheeler, dealer kind of guy, or whether I'm a fabricator, or whatever, you can watch and you can see whether it's staged or whether it's real. With uh, Boyd's show, Boyd's show was kind of good, but there was just too much drama. There was more drama than there was really stuff going on. You know, yeah. Dan Woods that does his show. You know, chop cut rebuild or cut chopper rebuild. I always get it mixed up. Right. Uh, Dan's a friend of mine too. He's been on my show a number of times. He's got a good show. You know, it's a it's kind of a how-to show type thing too. You know. Yeah, or, exactly. Exactly, and 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 so there's a lot of guys that watch those kind of shows, and the ones that the talk that they that the in my case, let's say like my listeners and my friends and car guys will talk about is the ones that they can kind of benefit and they can relate to. Other than that, they'll they'll talk about some of the other shows and they go, oh, that's not real, that's phony, that's baloney, you know. But and then yeah. of course because a lot of you guys, you know, have been on my show as guests, they always ask me, well, what's this guy really like? What's the show really like? Is it real? Is it staged? Is it this? Is it that? And I can tell them honestly, look, hey, tune into the radio show, listen to the interviews, but I will tell you, I've met these guys. I go to Monterey, I go to SEMA, I go to Bear Jackson, I talk to these guys. The stuff's real. Those guys are real. <laughs> and those are the guys that I want on my show that are real, you know what I mean? So, And it makes you guys look good.
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, and, and you can tell, you know, when it's authentic and because... If, if it's forced, the the real car guy can tell, you know. Or if he, or, or if a guy's trying to throw out lingo and he doesn't even understand what he's saying, <laughs> um, or if they're just totally after the wrong type of cars. I mean, if it's some guy that's out and he's supposed to be buying and selling cars, and you're going, why do you walk past that one and looking at that one? You know, the viewer can tell if they're if they're knowing. And uh, and it's like you said, too much drama. I mean a little bit of it we got because as I tell people and they would even say to me on car wars they go, "Well, why'd you do this? Why?" I go, "You know what? Sometimes you got to understand to get our voice out as far as the hobby and and get more people involved, sometimes you got to throw a little bit of that in so that the, you know, the guy who's not into it yet, will sit down on the couch and start watching it. And then when he starts watching it, then he goes, "Hey, that's something I might be interested in." Then he starts going to car shows and then helps everybody that's involved.
0: Uh, absolutely. Absolutely, and that's what we all want. We want more and more people involved in the industry and the hobby. That's that's a yeah. good point. Now, you also do a weekly radio show on ERN, Entertainment Radio Network, So, and it's called Street Rod and Custom Radio, correct? Yes, I do. Now, how'd that come about?
3: Well, um, I was uh, I was a, a guest over many years and many episodes of uh, – uh alan taylor's uh radio show and um you know i would come on as you said if i'd be at bear jackson or if i'd be up at monterey or or at the grand national roadster show he'd yank me in a chair and start talking to me and and then um you know through those years he you know one day pulled me aside he goes you're really good you're conversational and and he goes uh you've got a great you know list of people that you know and you hang out with that could be potential guests and he said how would you like to do a show? And, and I said, well, you know, it might be interesting. So I started off uh, small and uh, did a show every infrequently. It was like once a month and got my feet wet. And uh, then over the years, uh, well, let's say uh, it was about a year ago, September, um, we got a weekly time slot and uh, the show was just a podcast and uh by the first of uh last year a year ago january we'd got it syndicated in uh, about 70 markets and now it's on uh iTunes Stitcher uh and uh iHeartRadio and uh it's been growing and uh and i think part of it is because we um just uh, just like your show, and, and I you know I look at your guests. It's you've got to bring in a real good mix of people and and tell stories because there's you know if it's the same thing every week, it's just some guy talking about well we've got a new carburetor available. It's part number such and such. That doesn't hold the person's interest. I like to get pull guys in and get them to tell stories just like you do, and uh, and that way you, you can your your listeners can you know they, they want to stay with the show and they also go tell their friends. Oh, my God, I was listening to this guy, and he had Michael Anthony from Van Halen on. He was telling the story about his first hot rod, which is a lot more interesting than Michael Anthony saying, well, you know, um, we've got a new album dropping, and you'll be able to get it uh, on uh, iTunes. And, you know, we want to hear that, but we also want to hear more about the guy. And that's what I try and drag out of people.
0: Yeah, super. Yeah. And, and it, it gives the guy a personality and a character, you know, outside of what they see, you know, that he's like, hey, he can relate to the same things we do. You know, it's cool.
3: Now, you know, and, I, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and, you know, as you know, it's, it's about um, trying to find those people that bridge the gap, that that are famous for something else. But as we both know, you get a guy who's a rock musician, a comedian, an actor. If he's a car guy, man, that's what he wants to talk about. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care about talking about acting or being a comedian. He wants to talk about cars, you know, and, and that's when you get the best conversations.
0: Absolutely. Now, I want to go back just for a second. You know, you know, Let's talk about Bond Speed and the wheels. Yeah. Uh, now, those wheels, and, and go ahead, plug your company a little bit, because that's actually made here in America, right? And how did that all come to fruition? Was it just by accident? Did you feel there was a need? I mean, there's a lot of wheel manufacturers out there.
3: Well, there are, there are a lot of wheel manufacturers, and we've been very fortunate to grab a a really good part of the uh, of the custom wheel business. But you know, a lot of that goes back to when Boyd and I were partners. I mean, you know, Boyd uh, and and Little John Batira actually were the first ones to ever develop the machined aluminum wheel, as far as a machined billet aluminum wheel. And uh, when uh, they did that, they really made a, a serious impact in what available and and the high-end wheel business. Well, when I bought into Boys and became part of that company, it uh, you know I not only learned that industry um, because I came in as an enthusiast and a business person, but when I left, I was a an automotive expert and, and a hot rod expert and a wheel expert. But because we were at the time I left, I had taken the company public on NASDAQ, and uh, we were a large corporation. You know, you when you're the you know you're the CEO of a company, you've got to sign all this paperwork that says you won't compete, you won't do this. So I had to step away from it automotive industry and the hot rod building industry for a certain period of time. That was part of my agreement when I sold my interest. And so at the time, I never thought I'd get back into the wheel industry. However... um When uh, Boyd's went out of business, there was an immediate just, you know, vacuum in the industry. And I said, okay, there's a need. And uh, so I uh, talked to some guys at another company and said, why don't I design a wheel line? You manufacture it. And we did that under license for about uh, four years. And at the end of the four years... Um, being the business guy and the picky person that I am, the perfectionist, I, uh, said, I don't like the way you're marketing and I don't like the way you're treating the customer service. It's not to my standard. So I didn't renew the license. We brought it all back in house and, uh, that's the way it's been. And, uh, you know, Bond Speed Wheels, our factory's right here in Anaheim, California. Everything's completely machined, assembled and designed. Um, you know, in, in, in America, and uh you know it, it really our quality standard our customer service standard is super super high and um i tell customers all the time i say the only difference between a bond speed wheel and uh some of the the most expensive wheels in the industry is that we sell ours for less and the reason is because we use word-of-mouth and Internet advertising. We don't do big, splashy ads. We let the customers tell, because I feel like if a customer, if you go out and you tell people how good Bond Speed wheels are, they're going to believe you. If I, if I buy a $10,000 ad in Rob Report or in Hot Rod Magazine, anybody can do that. And I can tell you anything. It's, it's not authentic. And uh, that's really worked for us. And it's, it's given us a great place in the marketplace.
0: No, that's a very good point. Let me ask you this. While you were talking about advertising, do you have a display at SEMA? Because I don't know if I've ever seen one.
3: Uh, we used to do a huge display at SEMA. And uh, there again, uh, SEMA is a very valuable tool. Uh, but the wheel industry has become, uh, if for those of you who haven't ever been to SEMA and been in the wheel hall, it is, I call it marketing noise. <laughs> There's so much, I mean, so many booths, hundreds of them. And you've been there. You, yes. know, you can't even tell. And. With me saying that I'm not going to spend a hundred grand on a booth like some of my competitors, I think that's just, I would rather put that into customer service or giving customers t-shirts when they order and things like that and disperse it. So what we started doing, uh, about, uh, about five years ago is we quit doing a booth and every other year bond speed hosts an invite only bond speed bash at the hard rock. And, uh, we invite, uh, a real great group of people. The thing about the bond speed bash is virtually every street rod builder from a Troy Trepanier to a, you know, a Jimmy shines there. Um, peach of But then we also bring in our other friends like the Adam Corollas, the Michael Anthony's the Sammy Hagar's, uh, racing guys like Larry Dixon and Ron Tapp. And so when you walk in the room, if you're a drag racing enthusiast, you're going to meet your heroes. If you're a NASCAR guy, you're going to meet your heroes. And, uh, and it's just this great group of car guys, and our top twenty-five dealers get invited.
0: Wow! Well, make sure you put me on the list this year because I'll be at SEMA for <laughs> yeah. sure. I would love to experience that. That sounds like a lot of fun.
3: It, it is. It's, it's really cool. We uh, probably the best thing about our last bash was that um, we get a we get a special suite that you can't even buy, and that's because michael's uh, notoriety in the rock and roll world that uh you know the hard rock has this really cool suite and so we got this really great suite well our party was going and we made it like it was a rock and roll party you had to have a laminate and you and we had hired hard rock security to stand at the door so the guys are there with their you know black suits on and everything and and um the party just kept going and going, and it, it was it was a lot of fun. Everybody's having a great time. Everybody's talking cars. And and um, all of a sudden, this guy comes in. He comes up and he goes, hey, I wanted to meet you. And I said, oh, how are you? Turned out it was the president of the Hard Rock, and he had heard – that this was, like, one of the greatest parties ever held at their hotel, and he wanted to come up and meet Mike and I. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool, because if it's one of the best parties at the Hard Rock, I guess it, uh, we did something right, you know?
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely. Now, let me ask you this. Let's just one more, a couple of questions yet on the, on the wheels. Yeah. If I wanted to have a set of wheels made, custom wheels, w- w- me as Joe Blow, and I want to put some really trick wheels on my 69 uh, Shelby or something like that, what could I expect to pay? And what would be the turnaround town? time what would be the process i'm you know just for our listeners they'd like to know i'm sure
3: well all of our wheels are custom built to order so we don't just go in the back and and pull something you know off the shelf that's already in a box so the first thing is that they're going to get a Specific fitment just to their car. They're going to talk to one of our consultants. That's going to help them fit it. Make sure that um, you know whatever their desire is. They want it tucked under. Or they want to you know tighten up a little more. Whatever it is, that we dial it in. And um, and then we're going to machine the centers. Then we're going to offer them. You know, do they want custom powder coating? Do they want brushed finish? All these special things that you can do to personalize the wheel. The wheels are actually priced. Um, you used to ask me one of my hardest questions because although the wheels start at a retail price of about five hundred dollars each, um, they're priced by size, style, and finish. So it's the uh, the size, whether it's a seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, we go all the way up to twenty-six, and uh, widths anywhere from a seven to a fifteen. And uh, we also do custom narrow rims, like you need a 4 or a 5. And then finishes, they all basically come polished with a super high show polish, but then you can order, you know, powder-coated colors, brushed and cleared. You can order anything. So it's really, you start at that, you know, $500, but then they can go up from there. And uh, it's because they're all custom made, and you and you get a wheel that is custom built for your car. And, and I, I can never understand when somebody builds, everything on their car is hand-built or custom. Uh, I always say you don't want to cheap out on the wheels because you can take a car that's bone stock, and if it has the right stance and the right wheel and tire fitment, man, everybody's going to look at it when you pull in.
0: It's all about attitude, and the wheels and tires give the ugliest car or the coolest car the attitude, right?
3: Exactly. I've seen cars that I mean, literally, are you know, pulled off of a the lot. They're rusty, but if a guy lowers it and puts the right wheels and tires on it, people like, "Wow, that thing's pretty cool." That thing's bad, you know, and it's because it's it just gives it the look.
0: Man, that's that's you're absolutely right. You know, Brad, we're just about out of time, but you know what? I want to really thank you a ton for coming on the show. Would you be willing to come on again sometime?
3: Absolutely, man, anytime. I appreciate you having me on. Because I would love to
0: talk about, I mean, I'm sure you've been on the Power Tour, you know, The Good Guys, all those kind of cool shows that did all my listeners. And I tell everybody, you know, there's a bucket list out there. And it's definitely SEMA, it's definitely Monterey, and it's definitely Bear jackson And if you're over here in Florida, you got to go to Amelia Island. Great one. There's so many shows in between.
3: You know, one that's coming up. Which is, one? Uh, at the end of the month, I'm uh, going to the Street Machine Nationals reunion in Decoy, Illinois. Okay. And uh, most every one of the big builders, like I talked about Troy Chepanier, he's going. Brett, who owns Air Ride, is going. Because all of us back before Good Guys, that was the big one of the year. And we all waited for it. Every year, one big show, and we all showed up, and that's where all the big cars were debuted. Well, it's been gone for a number of years. They're bringing it back, and everybody's pulling cars out of the cobweb, and uh, we're all going back and converging on DeCoin, Illinois uh, at the end of this month, and it's going uh, to be an outrageous show.
0: How many cars show up for that event?
3: Well, they used to have, like, you know, back in the day, like six, 7,000 cars. Jeez. And I think they're anticipating about 4,500 cars this year.
0: That's good. So this is the first year since they brought it back?
3: We yeah, this is this is it. I mean, it's it's a very big deal, and they're having um, you know all the guys uh, you know like Scott Sullivan and Troy and everybody all going to be there with their cars. Some of them with cars that they used to show, and uh, they're all going to be signing autographs. In fact, um, a guy named Toby Brooks out of Texas, uh, who was one of the people that helped bring it back, he wrote a book that'll be debuted there, and uh, and I wrote the foreword for it, and it's uh, it's all about all these guys who are the heroes of Pro Street and. Uh, about the Street Machine Nationals and what an impact it made on guys who are famous today, and uh, and it's it's going to be really cool, and uh, I heard that they're going to do a, uh, a deal where they have the books, and all those guys like Scott Sullivan and Troy and Brett and, and all these guys lined up uh, so you can meet them and get your book signed. It's going to be pretty cool.
0: Wow, that's really cool. Well, anyway, hey, listeners, I want to thank uh, my special guest, uh, Brad Fanshaw, and he is just an amazing guy. Be sure and check out his website, Bondspeed, and don't forget to check out his weekly radio show street rod and custom radio every week on the ern radio network but anyway i want to thank all my listeners again for tuning in be sure and check out our show next week we'll be back at seven o'clock don't forget to check out our website golfstreammotorsports.com like us on facebook okay and if you've missed any of our past shows be sure and check out our podcast you can hear every show that we've ever done and in the meantime i want to see everybody at some of these car shows stay safe drive carefully love your family take care guys
1: telling tales out of school, but there's a feller in there will pay you $10 if you
3: sing into his can.
1: Downtown Dave.
3: I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker.
1: They broadcast
3: me out on the radio.
1: WTAN Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen.